When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Palmerbet on the edge of the box. Oh, it's a straight-up screamer! Download our app today and enjoy straight-up screamers this FIFA World Cup with great odds, great promos and same-game multi at Palmerbet. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1-800-858-858. The Run Home with Joel and Fletch. Tomorrow's car is in stock today. Tech driver Hyundai Tucson turbo diesel all-wheel drive. Hour two of the run home with Joel and Fletch, all thanks to Hyundai Tucson Turbo Diesel. Big, big show still to come. True Crime Tuesday with Toby Dow. The run home quiz after the run home sports day with Sats and Badge, where our special guest is Travis Head. Later tonight on SEN, all talk with Hello Sport. Tom and Eddie will be joined by, well, they train the house up when they see this bloke, Brian. They train it down and up. Roger Fabry. Roger Fabry. Roger Fabry. <laughs> Roger Fabry. Sprint King. Of the east, From the Michigan. west, the south. That's exactly right. Maybe can we get a chat to him with him? Can we have a chat with him, Brooksy, one day? Yeah, we'll get Rod, yeah, we'll, we'll get, get uh, Roger on. No doubt about Who, that. Who does he say he's fastest? Is Sabi, doesn't he? He always says that Sabi's Jason got the best, Saab. Te- the best technique. Well, uh, yeah. our next guest. What about this guy? He's an author, writer, rugby commentator, MC, guest speaker. One of the best guest speakers I've happened to see. Modern day poet. His name is Mick Collis. Mick, welcome to the Run Home with Joel and Fletch. Yeah, g'day, Joel. Nice to talk to you again. G'day, Fletch. Mate, I've been waxing lyrically about your story about how a young, humble man from uh, modest upbringings alongside Hamish Sutherland, Mark Skiffington and Sandy Sutherland would go conquer the world. Tell us about that, please, Mick. <laughs> yeah, so from my very humble beginnings, sort of grew up in, around, in and around Eastwood uh, in Sydney and always wanted to play for Australia like, like most kids growing up and I wasn't really any good at anything, so I, I played rugby league, rugby union, uh, cricket, uh, tried swimming, surf, life-saving, ended up trying lawn bowls, was no good at any of them. And I went up to Brisbane to watch the Bledisloe Cup, and, and Mark Skiffington pulled out a book of Sudoku puzzles, which I'd never seen before. And <laughs> we had just the right number of beers, and, and I just said to Skiff, I said that if we created our own World Sudoku Championships, that we could actually pick ourselves in the Australian team. So we're going to hold this World Championships at our rugby club and have our Pommy mates play for England and the Kiwis for New Zealand. But when we got back home, we discovered there was already a World Sudoku Championship. So I, I sort of sniffed around trying to find out, you know, obviously a bit optimistic, um, thinking that I could actually make this team somehow. But I ended up finding out, to, to cut a very long story short, to be selected for your country to represent at the World Sudoku Championships, you need to be selected and have that selection ratified by your country's member of this thing called the World Puzzle Federation. And as it turned out, Australia didn't have a member of the World Puzzle Federation. So I applied. I became Australia's member of the World Puzzle Federation. So all of a sudden, I'm the sole selector. So I've picked myself and the other three blokes, and we've um, yeah, headed off to India to wear the green and gold and represent our country with a distinction. Can you tell us about the team announcement uh, when that said team was named, the inaugural team to go over to India and represent Australia and Sudoku? Yeah, and that was a, that was a special moment. Um, I, I remember my wife was in the Australian women's water polo team for nine years, and I remember after a, an Australian Championships, they all lined up and they announced 
they announced the team and her surname was Wheelock. So she had to wait. They called it out alphabetically and she had to wait right to the very end to, to know whether her name was called out. And I just thought it, it just it must be an amazing experience to, to be standing there waiting to hear your name called out from an Australian team. So that was something that I wanted to replicate. So I'd, I'd, you know, I'd picked the team and I'd written my name down on a piece of paper. But I was 42 years old at this stage and I was so nervous waiting to hear my name called out, wondering, have, have I made this team or not? So I've stood up in the pub because we had an Australian Championships. Um, four of us turned up, so we knew we were a fair chance of making the, of the four-man team. But I've stood up in the pub and I've opened up the piece of paper and, I, and I've announced, I've, I've called out just to the, anyone that was listening at the time, I've just said, you know, the team to represent Australia at the World Sudoku Championships in Goa, India, is, and I'm just thinking, please pick me, please pick me, please pick me. And I, I start reading the names out and I say, Mark Skippington, Amy Sutherland, Sandy Sutherland. Um, you know, I'm thinking about my wife, thinking, okay, there's one, there's one spot left. I've got everything crossed. And then I hear, I hear Mick Collis. And, mate, honestly, one of the greatest moments. I've still got goosebumps when I think about it now. It's yeah. an amazing experience. Being named in your first ever Australian team, honestly, uh, what a thrill. So, Mick, what happens now? Your team get together. Did you have to practice or you, were, you, were you quite good at Sudoku anyway, or did you have to learn the rules? Like what? What happened yeah, after I'd, that? I'd, well, I'd never actually, I hadn't actually played a game um, <laughs> at this stage when I when I made the team. Uh, so, so Skipper was the only one who'd actually played a game before. So we made him captain. He got he, he was named captain. Yeah, and then we thought we you know you always see. Um, if, I made a couple of junior representative teams in rugby, and I had some mates in the Wallabies. And you see these guys come back from their cricket tours, and they've got so much gear. And we thought one of the great things about representing any t- any sport is, is the clothing that you get. And we thought, well, look, we're in charge, so we can get as much kit as we want. So we ended up we're getting five different outfits. Had to hold the blazer right through, which was the number ones, right through to the green and gold um, playing kit. So we got all our kit. We got on the plane. We get about an hour out of Singapore on the way to the World Championships. And I was suddenly breaking into this cold sweat. And I'm sitting next to the <laughs> and he's, he's noticed it. And he said, mate, what's wrong? And I said to him that I'm on my way to India to represent Australia at the World Sudoku Championships. And I'll never forget what he did. He just looked at me, he put his hand on my shoulder and he said, mate, I know, and you should be very proud. And I said, I am, but I don't know how to play Sudoku. <laughs> so he's, he sat down with me. We pulled out the in-flight magazine, found a couple of Sudoku <laughs> puzzles. Um, he's he shown me how to do it. I stuffed up both of those. So then I'm starting to panic, think I'm going to let Australia down. <laughs> so he's put out his, his book of puzzles and he's explained to me how to do it. So I did one on the plane and that was, that was a real confidence booster for me because I'd, I'd just set a PB and I knew I was in career best form. So I went into the competition with a lot of confidence. So we got across there and we ended up, there was seven rounds of 45 minutes and each round consisted of 12 puzzles. And the puzzles ranged from the simple ones in the paper to the ones that were unrecognisable as Sudoku. <laughs> and each puzzle was worth a certain number of points. So five for the simple through to 70 for the more difficult. And you basically had, you had 45 minutes in each round to try and complete as many of those 12 puzzles as you could to score as many points as you could. And then at the end of the day, they basically add up or they add up after each round how many <laughs> points you've scored. And at the end of the day, the highest point scorer gets uh, the world champion. Oh, that's outstanding. Who, who was the that's... big, uh, who was your big opposition at said tournament? Well, the main guy, Thomas Snyder. Thomas Snyder from America. He was the back-to-back world champion. So he was, um, he was the rock star of international Sudoku. And then there was another guy in the American team, a guy called Wee Wang. And he'd actually trained himself to hold a pencil in both hands when he does Sudoku. And and he said if he had a third hand, he would find a use for that. And we didn't doubt him for one minute. But um, <laughs> but he could play. He so, could play. 
So what happens? You all you end up going to Goa, and you're sitting in. in is it, yep. Are you in some sort of like a classroom, or is it a hall? Yeah, it's the Great Hall at the Holiday Inn in Goa, one oh. of the world's great sporting cathedrals. <laughs> <laughs> so how many how many countries are representative representative here? There was 30, 30, 30 nations were represented, and, wow. and eighty nine individuals. So it made us the world game. You know, they can have this Qatar thing. Sudoku was the world game. This has got, like, Netflix written all over it, mm. in, in all honesty. Is there a chance of that happening, Mick? Well, <laughs> funny you should ask, because there actually a script has been written, and, and it's funny. I, don't know, I actually wrote the script with, um, with a mate of mine who'd written a movie before. I didn't know how to write a movie, but a mate of mine did, a guy called Damien O'Donnell, and Damien used to be the ball boy for the Roosters in the 1974-75 grand finals with Artie Beaton and Jack Gibson. So I've written the script um, with Damien, and at the moment they've just attached a director to it. And they're hoping to start shooting that in around September of next year. Wow! So who has picked that up? Is it Netflix? Uh, no, not that. It'll be a, it's a um, third man film. It's a production company in Sydney have teamed up with Madman from Melbourne. So they want to chuck it in the cinemas uh, first of all, and then see how it goes in the cinemas. So it could all fall over it at the moment. That's um, hitting the right direction. So what happened, Mick? After when you were there, how did you actually perform? Were you any good? No, that's what. There's no Cinderella story <laughs> to this thing at all. So I've got in there. So the first round, I've opened up. I've turned over my puzzle book and opened up the first page, and I've seen something that I've never even seen before. <laughs> so I've gone to page two, and it was another one I didn't even know what what it was. <laughs> I've gone to page three, and I found one called the classic, which is like you see in the paper every day. So I've knuckled down. And I got stuck into that. So we had we had 45 minutes to try and do 12 puzzles. I finished my classic puzzle in round one in 41 minutes. <laughs> and and, it, and, it, and it, the day didn't get any better from there. So out of the 84 puzzles on on uh, on offer during the day, out of the 84 puzzles, I finished three. <laughs> and, and what about, okay, the tournament's now over. Was there a mad Monday? Did you, did you get around? Did you hang out well, we had, with we, anyone else? We had a... We, we had a team bonding session on the night before our first game, Perfect. and that, that wasn't the smartest of preparations uh, <laughs> look, looking back at things. But, and it was very funny. So, we, yeah, we had, a, we had Mad Monday, but we were the only team that did. When we first got there, we went to the bar, and there was heaps of people in the bar, but they, they were just doing puzzles. Like, they weren't. They weren't. And we took, a, we took a cricket bat and a ball over because we thought we could – it's on the beach. We thought we could play India and the Pommy teams just in some beach cricket. So we've gone down the beach. No one else came down to the beach. We sat around the pool. We've jumped in the pool. They've sat around the pool doing puzzles. Like they honestly, <laughs> just that was all they did was just was puzzles. So there was there was no there was no Mad Monday. And people say was the the World Sudoku Championship Athletes Village, as we like to call it, was it anything like the Olympic Village? And I thought if they had have bought one box of condoms, they would have overordered. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Mick, uh, good on you, mate. Hey, listen, um, who was the best performer, yourself, Brothers Sutherland or Skiffington? Well, out of the 89 individuals yeah. uh, in the world, I was 89th. Mm. Um, Hamish was 88th. Sandy was 87th, and in one of the great captain's knocks, Mark Skivington, 83rd. <laughs> 83rd? Oh, well done, yep. Skiffo. Hey, he took uh, a couple of scalps off the Bangladeshis. <laughs> oh, right, the Bangladeshis. Mick, where can everyone find you? Because as I've said, I reckon you're the best guest speaker I've seen, and I love how you get dressed in your, your number ones, your blazer and your kit. Uh, where can our audience track you down if they want to use you for a corporate event or so on? 
Uh, yeah, no, thanks, Joel. I appreciate it. it it's look, it's a fun. It was a, I fell into a good story. It's a fun one to tell, and, um, and it was, it's a fun one to go on. So, look, just yeah, people Google Mick Collis, um, they'll find me. Otherwise, I'm with a bureau called ICMI. Um, but you know, you're yeah, happy. To, I'm a resident of Australia, so happy to travel around and um, yeah, have a, have a couple of beers and a yarn about the story with people at the end of it. So it's all it's all been a lot of good fun. What do you do, Mick, for for a job day to day? Well, I, I, I do I, I do work for an advertising company, but it's not going very well at the moment. We set it up about 19 years ago, and if it was a dog, you'd shoot it, but it's our dog, so we give it water every day, and we're trying to keep it alive. So I sort of do I do that, and then do a bit of the speaking, a bit of yeah, a bit of rugby commentary. Um, I wrote a, a book last year, and then been working on the movie. So I've sort of got five part-time jobs to try and make up one income, which oh. my wife's not very happy about. She'd rather actually went and got a job, but. Um, yeah, just trying to. Yeah, so I sort of dabble in a couple of things. Are you still into the poetry, Mick? Yeah, and still do it. Yeah, still do a bit of a do 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 poetry. I'm actually going up to the Gold Coast on uh, the sixth of November. They've got a, a bit of a tribute to Shane Warne up there, and I did one. I did one when Warney passed away. So I'm going to do that poem up at um, at a function at Northcliffe Surf Club up in January. Yeah, so still do. Yeah, a bit of poetry uh, thrown there as well. Yeah. Have you got anything up your sleeve for the listeners? Yeah, mate, I've got, I've got my warning one. Oh, beautiful. <laughs> Sorry about the question without notice, but I appreciate you doing this. No, that's all right. So do you want me to get stuck into it? Yeah, yes, let's please. go. All right, here we go. I never saw Don Bradman bat or saw Jordan Fraser swim. I never saw John Landy run nor backed far lap to win. I never saw the great John Coleman kick a bag of goals. But I'll tell my grandkids I was blessed because I saw Shane Warren bowl. I'll tell them how the tubby kid with blonde hair stole our hearts, mesmerising batsmen fuelled by cheeseburgers and darts. From Lords to Chennai Candy to the famous MCG, he was the one that parents would all take their kids to see. I'll tell them about Sri Lanka back in 1992. Three for none off 13 balls showed just what he could do. They ate against the Windies in December of that year. Warning was the headlights, the batsmen were the deer. I'll tell them about his wronging and his slider and his flipper. His zooter and his googly and his leg spinner and dipper. I'll tell them of the fizzing sound the ball made when it spun, of the times he brought the greatest batsman in the world undone. And of course, I'll sit and tell them about his battles for the ashes, the roles he played in some of cricket's greatest ever clashes. From the Gatting ball, the first he ever bowled on English soil, to the hat trick and the famous spells reward for graft and toil. And I'll tell them about the man himself, a man I never met, but one my generation will find so hard to forget. A showman, a magician, and a wizard with the ball, a man who many claim to be the greatest of them all. A bowler who endeared himself to every type of fan, with the strength of mind and self-belief to execute a plan. Batsmen were the enemy, he'd flood their minds with doubt, till the rattle of the stumps would let them know that they were out. He was flamboyant and cavalier, the pitch was Shane Warne's stage, the undisputed king ruling cricket's golden age. A hero to the members and to the mob in Bay 13, to the rock stars, politicians, and to all types in between. He no doubt had his flaws, that was part of his appeal. Sections of his life were like a human highlights reel. But he had a gift, and we would sit there breathless and enthralled from the very moment that the captain tossed Shane Warne the ball. We'd sit and watch in wonder at its movement through the air. Dipping, drifting, floating, batsmen didn't have a prayer. We'd watch it land and bite the ground, then roar back towards the stumps. Even thinking about it now still gives me goosebumps. The next ball we'd be watching with that same anticipation. We'd stare in disbelief at the speed of its rotation. The batsman thinking, calculating what each ball might do. To be honest, I think sometimes not even warning you. I'll tell them he played cricket like it was a pantomime. 
and I'll tell them sadly how he went before his time. And I'll tell them he left memories that will never go away. And I'll tell them I'm forever grateful that I saw him play. So that's Warney. That is oh, outstanding, yeah. Mick. Well done. There's a standing up. That is bloody outstanding. Mick Collis, you're a genius. We appreciate your time, mate. We've taken up a fair slab of it. But uh, the board's lit up. You're so, so talented. We appreciate it. Mick Collis is the man. We'll catch you soon, legend. Look forward to it, Joel. Thanks, mate. Cheers, folks. Uh, Thanks, Mick. Uh, Tell what mate. a legend. What an absolute legend. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. The Run Home with Joel and Fletch. Tomorrow's car is in stock today. Tech driver Hyundai Tucson Turbo Diesel all-wheel drive. It's The Run Home with Joel and Fletch on SEM. Yes, it certainly is. Uh, one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. If you missed the chat with Mick Collis, we'll have that on the podcast. We've got uh, Toby Dow coming up to talk all things True Crime Tuesday as well. But you make the show oh four five seven seven three six seven three six. The call line thanks to Lawn Hub one three hundred oh one eleven seventy seven seven three. Just text in. Not a good time to text, is it? No. It's Sorry, not. lads. What was the tip again? Well, just yeah. one. Uh, but well done, uh, Chrissy C S seven. So race six, number 31. Got a text here about Roger uh, Fabry because we, we were discussing that he's on the Hello Sports podcast. Guys, please get Roger on – please get on SEM. Mm. I can vouch for how he can change people's lives. Oh, My wife had a weak pelvic floor and we had numerous <laughs> embarrassing moments of leakage, urinal leakage. Mm. Roger taught my nephew's pelvis core exercises – now she can laugh. Niece, sorry. That should probably say niece. Oh, no. I should say niece. Now she can laugh, drink, run, cough without urinal leakage. Mm. Thanks, Roger. Yours in radio. Denny Stevenson. So, I mean, he's done it not only for speed. Yeah. He can also do the core work. So, so Steve-O's all over it. Steve-O's just frothing. Good, good, on, you, good on you, Steve-O. <laughs> Steve-O, you're a little bit of a weirdo, my friend. You're a bit of a weirdo, Steve-O. Uh, hey, boys, cookie, cookie from New Down here. Lasagna topper alert. They sell them at the BP on the Princess Highway in St. Peter's, top left of the heated section. Rare as hen's teeth, but the sign is there. I've been trying my best, but no luck yet. Better be good, Fletch. Well, they must be good if you can't get them, because as soon as they hit the, the Bay Marie, they're gone. Correct. Hey, gents, Mark is definitely an A-grader, just as annoying as Pedro and Adrian. Mickey from Mascot. We don't get much Adrian, do we, on this show? No. no. Minimal Adrian. Adrian might. Uh, One of the callers on. No, whatever happened to our shows. man, Adrian? German engineering. Oh, yeah. Remember that, Adrian? Where's he gone? Uh, he's a, he works at a hotel. Does he? Whereabouts? Yeah, uh, I think in the city somewhere. Oh, Parramatta, actually. Does he? Yeah. German engineering. <laughs> He was good. Continental was tires, good. wasn't it? That's it. That's Kept it. a clean office too. Did yeah, yeah. Yes. Oh, mate. Very clean. We miss him. Correct. Um, we certainly do. Uh, well done. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy cs 7 is the way to do that. Uh, <laughs> uh, plenty more still to come. Show your support for McHappy Day by purchasing a pair of silly socks from Maccas for only $5. Money raised will go towards Ronald McDonald House Charities as they continue to help seriously ill or injured children and their families. Now, Brian, just on this uh, this chat around Jackson Hastings mm. and uh, David Clement, now there was a text, text going around, and I don't know that this is true, and I hope it's not, uh, because you don't want the children running the household, so to speak, right? But the text was going around that the reason this has happened, and as I said, it could be rumour and scuttlebutt, and I'll choose to think that it is rumour and scuttlebutt, is that the reason... Um, that Mitch Moses in the mix apparently, and 
the condition would be that Brooks must be there for him to go there. Now, as I said, I, I don't... That's believable. Do you think it's believable? Of course it is. They're very tight. They're going to... Uh, we're all going to Vegas for Teddy's bucks. Really? But you're not dictated by oh, yeah. players, are you? They would be. If Mitch Moses wants it. No, I wouldn't be. Um, I thought it was... The, the other rumour was that Johnny Bateman... Has had his issues with Jacko at Wigan. That's right. He said, "If I'm come, if I'm going to play for the Tigers, I don't want Jacko there." Whether so who who wins the war? Like, not the war. Who wins the trade? I would say I would say the Tigers. You'd say Clem. the Tigers. Yep. Well, they finally the Tigers are getting someone. Well, they're not they're not having to pay their wage, so they get Clem cheap. Yep. Half of it's getting paid by. By the Knights. By the Knights, so they might have got him for two fifty. Yep. David Clemmer at two hundred and fifty is a good deal. I, I would agree with that. His numbers last year were pretty much close to the numbers he was churning out when he was playing for Australia. So it just, is, but my only issue with Clem yep. is he's just got to get down the ground and get a quick play of the ball because he gets the yards and he's got an offload in him. But I think he fights too much in the in the play of the just ball. Just play it. Just get down quick. I think the game is now, as we know, it's all about the ruck. Clem's a terrific player, terrific bloke to have around the club. Um, he's an Australian representative. So if you can get a, a, an Australian player and a New South Wales origin rep for 200, 250000 of course that's a win for the Tigers. But on the back of this chat, so now people are saying Hastings and Ponga will be the heart. Well, why is Ponga all of a sudden being noted as a number six again? Because that's, well, they, that's why they want him. Because they they, they've obviously identified that they need to get him involved in the game more. And maybe he's come out and said, I want to be, play six. Because there's talk now Lockie Miller is uh, on the radar of the Knights because they were frothing for Ruben Garrick. They missed out on him. Okay, well, that that makes a bit more sense, okay, if that was to happen. But but currently with the players they have, he's, for me, clearly the fullback. That, that's a bigger yeah. priority. I'd rather have a gun-gun fullback and a modest 5'8 than the other way around. Well, yeah, it hasn't worked for them, though. But we've seen grand they've finals. Had a, they've had a modest, a modest six. Now they've got Tyson Gamble. They've got Clune. Looks like they've got Jacko Hastings. They've got Phoenix, Crossland. I think it seems to me that they've got to get Kalen the ball more often. And I know you're going to say, well, he can do that from fullback because he does it anyway. Mm. But it hasn't worked when he's been fullback. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know whether Jacko Hastings is a seven. I think he's a ball-playing lock. See, I don't, I don't think Luke Brooks is a seven. I, I think Luke Brooks could be potentially a very good number six. Anyway, Gibbo's got something for us. Is there a concern, though, <coughs> around Jackson Hastings? He had time at the Roosters, had time at Manly, was yeah. at Wigan. Now he's gone from the Tigers. Yes, it is. Is there a concern that he's, he's had a few clubs and it hasn't worked out? I mean, he seems like a nice enough bloke, but if it keeps happening, what's to stop it? Well, I haven't heard anything out of the Tigers camp saying he upset anyone. No one's... Have you, have you been hearing any of those whispers? No, I haven't. I haven't. And I think he acknowledged that when he was younger, he said, I, I got a little bit of a, a ahead of my time thinking I was better than I was. But if this is to be true about Bateman and Wigan... Yeah, well, that was gone. That was What I'm saying is that was in the past. <laughs> yeah, but that was only two years ago, Flash. Yeah, so he's matured. Oh, oh, no, but in any vocation, yeah. boys, it, it is not a good look when it's just no. a busy resume and people mm. are bouncing around. It's not a good look. Do you think the concern for, the concern for me is do you think Gamble and Hastings are very similar players? Like when I watch them play, I think they're very similar. Like the look, the way they play, the aggressiveness, I I, I just think they're one and the same. Like it would be weird having them as the halves. Like you 
Well, one's going to play just, lock, maybe. Because, no, Barnett's gone, isn't he? Barnett's yep. gone the Warriors. Well, he's a loss, eh? Yeah, he was a good player. He was good. When, when he got suspended, that's when it sort of If they get Lockie early. Miller, are you happy with that? Yeah, moving, yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you, are you happy moving Carlin to six? I am. No, I am with that, for sure. Yeah. Absolutely. But in the absence of Lockie Miller, I'm, he has to play fullback, Carlin, for what they've got there. Well, no there, Tex Hoy either. That's Tex right. Tex is gone. To be fair, like, Dom Young has been one of the surprise packets of the World Cup. Mm. He probably gets better next year. Hopefully, Bradman Best, who came out of the gates in his first couple of years, if he can get injury-free, they'll have a decent back line, and maybe the pressure will be taken off a little bit by from Ponga if Gagai and Bradman Best have a great year. Yeah. Yeah, but- Mark writes this, which is, which is a valid uh, discussion point anyway. He said, what about Sheens and Hastings' relationship when Sheens was in England? We, we don't know that, do we? So. No. That uh, may play a part as well. But anyway, who knows? one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. April's been waiting patiently for the news. This is the run home with Joel and Fletch. I'll break it back with more. Thank you very much, April. Lawn Hub call line one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. The run home with Joel and Fletch. Uh, getting into a bit of news, we spoke about the imminent trade between the Knights and the West Tigers, David Clemmer for Jackson Hastings. Thoughts, Knights fan, are you winning? And uh, so I said fan, Brian? Yeah, listener. Listener, yeah. right. And Tiger fan, uh, what say you? Other big news happening. World Cup investigating alleged Manchester brawl involving the inflictor. Oh, jeez, yeah. Victor Radley. I like the uh, the knock and run, too. <laughs> I didn't mind that, Bizzo. You know, on the knock and run, right? <laughs> I mean, we're still got, we're ages away from playing the game. Mate, there was three West Tigers players the night of the Green Sorry, Final. Sorry, which, which, which club? Two th- West Tigers. Sorry? West Tigers. Thank you very much. In 2005, who didn't get home from a 21st. Till the wee hours. They weren't drinking or anything, but mm. they get home late with McDonald's, 100 bucks worth of McDonald's in their hand, and they get home about two in the morning. Bit of knock and run. Rats it, ass. It was after the game. It wasn't before the game. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Who cares? We had a semi final in 2000, and we were up the cross till 2 a.m., and I was kicking pizzas, <laughs> which became a metaphor for when you get Albert Fullerby. <laughs> so we, <laughs> we were at Sugar Reef. And Bez had got the a pizza and was just booting it across Darlinghurst Road. And Rico just said, now it became like a metaphor. Yeah, yeah. How, how pissed were you? Were you kicking pizzas? <laughs> <laughs> and then we went, ended up winning. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Sometimes. 2002. You know, 2000. Oh, 2000. Yeah. Yeah. Two, that was the first semi. Oh, right. Before that semi. Uh, Didn't really pizzas. count. You know, kicking pizzas. Me, Sock and Gibbo were kicking pizzas here the other month. Pat Cummins to brush IPL to concentrate on Australia. He's gone onto Twitter. He said, I've made the difficult decision to miss next year's IPL. The international schedule is packed with tests and ODIs for the next 12 months, so we'll take some rest ahead of an Ashes series and World Cup. I think Paddy Cummins has copped a little bit with his, um, well, people say don't bring politics into sport. I think he's copped a little bit for that, and I think putting your country ahead of any IPL interest, yeah, it might be a nice little statement. Yeah, I think his management have said, drop off. Plus, do you think he might not have got the three mil? What are you laughing at, Brooks? You, you plus. Plus! Well, good. I'm just trying I love to, it. No, no, it's I mean, the listener sorry. loves that sort of stuff. Yeah, <laughs> The listener. Uh, I'm talking well, to you, too. Well, the listener can hear Pat Cummins tomorrow. Cheryl and Pat. He's coming on the show tomorrow. Is, Is he? Home? Yep. Yep. Can we talk about the war? The Olinta War? Open Slaver. Let's, let's do it. I'll say to him and say, look, mate, who is, when you get your gas bill and your electricity bill, who's it with? Yeah. Is it with Red Energy? 
Supporting Danny Badiris, <laughs> AGL. Yeah. No, not, not, not them. Yeah. Ooh, don't talk about them. Cannon Brooks will come on. <laughs> <laughs> and what, so AFL umpire arrested in Brownlow betting scandal. Victoria Police said a person with knowledge of the voting tally of some matches gave that information to others. Police said four men who were arrested have since been released. The AFL and Sport Integrity Australia are helping with the investigation. Australia New Zealand, they head into the Women's World Rugby League World Cup final. Gillaroos 82 defeated Papua New Guinea 0. New Zealand 20 defeated England 6. I think England might have been leading 6-0. And New Zealand win that 20 points to 6. The doubleheader early Sunday morning, Gillaroos versus New Zealand and Kangaroos versus Samoa. And I do actually like what Vossi was tweeting about, to have the wheelchair World Cup final there. I know the logistics might be a little bit difficult, but to have them be able to play at Old Trafford. How, where? Well, if you were able to have some kind of boarding, I don't quite know. Oh, but on on the actual field? Yeah. Right, okay. Yeah, as I said, logistics may be How hard. How good's that been? Oh, it's w- been awesome. The wheelchair footy awesome. has been outstanding. Very, very So good. can I just ask you this? You know how they've got – it's like tag, right, off yep. the arms. Yep. Is the ones on their legs just – um, like spares to get them if they if it comes off, is that how it works? Because they've got like heaps of them on a bit of Velcro on their yeah. like on their thigh. Yeah, area. that's right. I believe that's the case. So if it falls off, they can that one can stay on the court. Yep. Can someone text through on the so, mate, tagging. Tagging is a a um a bit of an art form. So because you got to get in front of them anyway. Have you ever played much Oz tag? No. Well, I have not played much either. But when I have played on the occasion, many it's very hard to get the tags. So my son, one of my sons. These friends said, oh, can you come and play tag with us? And Will said, oh, yeah, okay. So he went and played, and he's uh, broken his finger yesterday, going for a tag and jammed it into someone's So hip. there is a technique. But a technique. The, the wheelchair footy, they're getting in front of each other because they're whacking each other. Yeah. So good to watch. They're cracking each other. Some might say, Brian, they're cracking each other. So, um, Oh, I know where you're going there. You know where I'm going there? Yeah, just hit, hit it, go. You like it? Okay, we're going to get stuck into this. FIFA World Cup update thanks to Kraken. Get started in crypto, kraken.com or download the app. What's landed on your desk, Brian? <laughs> you mean this one? Yes. Yeah, this is heavy. So the World Cup, it starts next week, doesn't it? So <clears throat> if you're single and you're a football fan and you're going to Qatar – and you're thinking about having sex, I would I would seriously reconsider because you risk seven years in prison. Prison. <laughs> prison. So the Daily Star has reported that fans with different surnames are being prevented from booking and sharing the same room. Sex is very much off the menu unless you are coming as a husband and wife team. There definitely will be no one-night stands at this tournament. Police have warned Fans. How do they know? This? Another source added there will be no partying at all. This happens in Mexico, believe me. Everyone needs to keep their heads about them unless they want to risk being stuck in prison. There's essentially a sex ban in place at this year's World Cup. Also at uh, Glenar Avenue Bondi. For the first time ever, <laughs> fans need to be prepared with very strict and scary consequences if you are caught. There is a feeling this could be a very bad tournament indeed for fans. So... I don't know, Gibbo. How, how do we get around this? Do you just get bodgy IDs? I, I don't know how you get around this. Just, you know. Well, didn't we marriage, have... Bodgy marriage certificates. Bodgy marriage, yeah. Well, Fletch, I'm already <laughs> subscribing to No Nut November, so going over to Qatar would be quite easy for yeah. us. Yeah, okay. We're still on that train of thought. It's a bit of December in there, Gibbo. Oh, so yeah. dirty December, look out. Mm. Round of 16. Yeah. So you can <laughs> drink, you just can't drink in public view. 
they've got allocated uh, hotels where you can drink at. Yeah, other, there's other crimes, including displays of public affection and wearing ex- excessively revealing clothing. Jimmy Smith cannot go to Qatar. <laughs> if he wears that rank singlet, that hot tuna singlet that he gets around <laughs> here with. <laughs> he wears singlet tucked into his jeans yeah. with those RM Williams on. Socks too. I don't think they're RM Williams, by the way. So that's a go. You were talking, are you talking about Cancun, Mexico? Yeah. Yeah, so back in the day. Yeah, like way before. Way, way, way before anyone here was married. Yeah. But and in the case of like, if somebody had found a romance hypothetically in Cancun mm. and they were to go back to said um, venue, what would happen, Brian? Uh, security would say, no, no. "Adios, muchachos," or they'd say, "Sling central." That's right. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I think we tried to sling. They said negative. I got a great Cancun score. Not for air. No. Not for air. This is for our podcast. A lot of BS. No, I can't even do that. Senior frogs. Senor Frog, oh. Oh, mate, Rico, I can t- say this. So Rico put all toilet paper around this dude yeah. and then lit it, oh, no. right? And I, mate, and Rico thought it was the funniest thing he's ever seen. And I had to basically save this bloke. I tackled him into this <laughs> like a little um, baby pool inside this nightclub. Mate, and Rico was a- loving it. Senor Frogs? Senor Frogs. It yeah. was like a baby pool there. Yeah. You know how he says I can say this story? I'm going to Rick over your rap he told that story. No, no, no. He didn't know it was going to light so much. A linter. Oh, yes. Uh, FIFA World Cup update all thanks to Kraken. Trade crypto with one of the world's most secure exchanges. Get in the game. Kraken.com. Tomorrow's car is in stock today. Tech driver Hyundai Tucson turbo diesel all-wheel drive. It's the run home with Joel and Fletch on SEM. Plenty of text coming through, Brian. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy to have your say. And the call line, one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. Text 0457-736-736. We're going to do this. Let's get stuck into a bit of this. A bit of romance. There's a bit happening on the front of Giselle and Tom. So let's get into yeah. this, Gibbo. Time to get it on. It's Fletcher's Love Lounge. Thanks to Splash's Spa World. Create your backyard garden oasis with a spa or hot tub from Splash's Spa World. So we were discussing this last week. So this is very, very topical. Giselle Bunchen, mm. supermodel. What do you call those little... What are they called? The dots. Umplau. 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 So I'm going to put some umplaus over my E. <laughs> or my O in tripod. <laughs> so Giselle may have a new man in her life. And we were discussing this. I said Jamie Jury. She won't end up with Jamie Jury. Yeah. You, who did you say? You said uh, Koshy, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, I did say Koshy. But Giselle, uh, no, because she's been seen stepping out with jiu-jitsu instructor Wacom Valente. Ooh. So the duo grabbed a bite to eat at Koji in Provincia de Putanaris with the 42-year-old model's two children, Ben and Vivian, and Valente's pal. Valente's pal. So maybe this isn't a date. They can they friends. can sort of jump to conclusions with these things, can't they? Yeah. Well, Valente, for his part, was all smiles in a grey shirt and shorts. Brazilian gossip site Pure People reported Wednesday that the pair are dating. While it is unclear the pair's possible romance began, Butchin and Valente did do a shoot for Dust magazine with his brothers Pedro and Giu. Yeah, I'm not. I don't think this is love. I'm trying to. I don't think it's a date. Has he been posting? About Giselle, is there anything sort of public like that? Have they stopped following each other on Instagram? I don't know whether Tom Tom and Giselle. 
I think well, it was amicable, wasn't it? Bud Chen has told her followers, I believe the more tools we have in our toolbox, the better. I feel stronger, more confident and empowered since I started practicing self-defense. Oh, so she was getting taught by a Wakim. Wakim. So has Tom Brady been s- spotted anywhere? No, well, he's in Germany, or he was in Germany this weekend for yeah. an NFL match against the Seahawks. So Brady's camp reacts to the date. Those close to Brady are now well, questioning right. why Bunchen's trip to Costa Rica with their kids includes Valente, according to TMZ. But TMZ didn't really dot their eyes and cross their T early in the year, did they? No, not with uh, Jerry Lee Lewis. Exactly. A source connected to Bunchen told the outlet that she is not dating Valenti yeah. and that his brother accompanied them on the trip to Costa Rica where she vacationed with Brady in the off-season. However, Brady's source told TMZ that the quarterback's camp is not buying it and questioned why this Miami guy is in Costa Rica with her. The source added, it always seemed weird. She just one day abruptly ended the marriage. No, no, no. There's not, nothing going on there. Nothing at all. Play on. So Nick, Six to go. So no mix. You don't Marital think Wacom's art's in... going on there? Oh, look. Look, Wacom is a red-hotted, blooded Latino man. Mm. And Giselle, she's quite attractive. So I would imagine that they're pretty keen. He'd be keen, but no. Nah, she's got bigger fish to fry. Wacom Valenti. 10,000 followers on Instagram. Ta-da. But he's um, private. His account, uh, the account is private. Oh, he's, on a pu- he's on a public call. Mm. What about Giselle? <laughs> public Oh, let's go to Giselle. What's Giselle got? Millions. Sure, yeah, she's got millions. Who, where do you think Tom, who do you think Tom's going to uh, move on with? Or do you think he's just going to play the field? Maybe initially. Nah, mm. not as a, mate, he's but not, he's not a kid. I reckon he should be. Saying if Jennifer Aniston is available, really? Yeah, I think they would get no, along he'll, very he'll go well. Younger, I think. Younger. Having a look at his who he follows on Instagram, he's got five hundred and eighteen people he follows. So oh, great work, Gibbo. Sports star, I reckon. Sports star. So he follows Coco Gauff. I'm not sure what her sort of tennis? status is. She's tennis. tennis young. Yeah. yeah, no, no, she's very young. Uh, yeah, I reckon sports star boys. That's where I'm putting my money. Any skiers? Oh, I got one. What about, no, Aaron. Is it Aaron? Tiger's, Tiger's ex. Oh, Elon. Elon. Sorry, we're going to have to go for a break. Back with more after this. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.